DJ and PK, it is time to talk Rose Bowl and Utah football with Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain's state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333. Nick, good morning. Good morning. Disneyland, huh? The dream starts here. <laughs> yeah, Disneyland, man. <laughs> Something you've probably done a time or two, being an L.A. kid. Uh, we saw that uh, last week you decided to uh, try your hand in the NFL. Now, obviously, you've accomplished just about everything you needed to accomplish at the collegiate level, uh, academically, in the classroom, and out on the football field. But nevertheless, how hard of a decision was it for you? Uh, I mean, it, it was very hard, but I mean, like I said, I accomplished a lot here, almost everything here, and you know, I got a uh, you know a lot of responsibilities in life, and um, you know, it's just about that time to make that transition in my life. So it is a big decision to make. It's easy for someone who isn't making it for their own life to say, "Oh yeah, this guy should go," or "That guy shouldn't go." And you may have played that game a time or two yourself uh, the last few years, watching guys you played against in college football. But it's different when it's yourself. And I'm, I'm curious, who did you go to uh, to get advice? Uh, how many NFL people did you hear from, or people in your own life, or in the Utah program? How how does that work? Who do you listen to? Oh man. Do you- I think it's more uh, you got to have an internal uh, feeling about it because you hear all types of things from every type of person in every direction. And uh, it's really, really hard because you don't know what to listen to, what not to listen to, because, um, you know, everyone has your best interest. Well, not everyone, but most people um, that you hear from. So, um, you know, just hearing different things is um really heart-wrenching sometimes and uh it's more of an internal decision than you know just going with your gut feeling we know the rose bowl has a lot of activities designed to allow the players and everybody in the program to have fun disneyland being one of them uh lowry's uh with the prime rib it's been a tradition forever all this stuff how do you balance having fun but at the same time being prepared to play the ball game Oh, you just simply got to know, like, when to work and when not to. And, I mean, that's, uh, you know, a big part of this program and why we win bowl games because we know when to, uh, you know, go have fun and we know when, you know, to lock in. Uh, We're going to go out here to practice in a little bit and it's time to practice and that's the only thing we're worried about. And, you know, Disneyland's for later, that's all. And then we'll worry about that then. But, yeah, it's just separating the two and making sure that, uh, you know, you just do it responsibly. So what kind of precautions do they have you taken? And we're all here in the news about the military bowl and the sun bowl and uh, I forget in all the bowls, the Hawaii bowl. Uh, and nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but I think most sane people do not want that to happen to you guys in the Rose Bowl. So what do they have you doing? Um, they just really have us sticking to ourselves. I mean, they have everything kind of in our own own space. Um, you know, when you go out to like Disneyland and stuff, uh, it's you know, there might be some people there and whatnot. And uh, I think um, the combination of how strict the guidelines are in L.A. and then, um, you know, how they're treating us, trying to keep us away, I think we'll be okay. I don't know how much time you've had to study Ohio State, but if you had, what do you see from them? Um, they're good defense, um, you know, fundamentally sound. They got some good athletes and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're well respected and we will respect them. Um, but that doesn't mean, uh, we can't do what, you know, we've been doing all year. Um, that being said, you know, like, like I just said, they're, they're a great defense. So it's going to be a 60 minute game. It's going to be a dog fight. Um, you know, they will take advantage of you if you, uh, don't, work your fundamentals and I feel like we'll take advantage of them if they don't work their fundamentals. So it's just going to be a, you know, a, um, I think it's going to come down to not only a physical game, but a technical game and making sure your technique's on point. Did you watch Oregon run for 269 yards on these guys and then Michigan beat that total? And how much do you take from that? And how much can your run game do what those two schools did? Because those are the only two teams to beat these guys. Yeah, no, like like I said, um, 
they're a great defense. And, you know, looking at our offense is very similar. And, uh, you know, that's a style of offense. Uh, it may start off bloody in a couple of yards, but then we start breaking some big runs. And, you know, I'm sure they know that, and I'm sure they're going to have a plan for it. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to have to make adjustments. But uh, we're not going to stray away from our style of play. Um, we're not – running the ball because, uh, you know, we feel like Oregon and uh, Michigan were, you know, amazing at it. And that's what we had to switch our game plan to. But that's just our game plan and how we play. So, um, you know, it gives us, uh, you know, something to look at and uh, something to uh, study to prepare. But otherwise than that, you know, we're just going to play our game, which is running the ball. You've played in this stadium before obviously but here it's the actual rose bowl itself as an la kid growing up obviously that must have been a dream and the dream is going to be realized do you think that whether it's during pregame or when you come running out for the official start of the game will you have any time will you be able to soak it all in uh personally i was just soaking in all after after the fact uh i try not to uh, get too crazy about things uh you know, prior to the game or during the game because it, it kind of, like, uh, will offset some people. So, uh, you know, after the fact, I'll go ahead and look around, and, you know, be like, oh, man, like, it's actually the Rose Bowl. But, I mean, until then, it's, uh, you know, it's a business trip. We came down here to do something, and we've got to do it. So how many tickets have you been able to get your hands on and how many people have you had to have hard conversations with? Sorry, yeah. not happening. Uh, I got my hands on about like 12 and I've had to have probably the same amount of hard conversations, but they went and bought some tickets. So what do you normally get? Oh, so normally we get about four, but, um, you know, up in Salt Lake or depending on where we are, like for the last, uh, the last two LA games, I got about like 20 to 25, but it was a lot harder this time because not only do, uh, you know, we have a bunch of boys that live in LA and the LA area, um, a bunch of people from Arizona and Salt Lake and Texas, they all want to come to the game and they all came out here. So, <laughs> uh, well, that's the price. That's the price of fame and fortune right there, Nick. What are you going to do? Exactly. <laughs> You're in the Rose Bowl. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. So, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm curious as you watch this uh, play out, is uh, there been in, and you're pretty early in the week though still, has there been anything that's a surprise or different in the buildup to the Rose Bowl other than all your memories and the hype that goes with the game? Or is it really like other bowls and prepping for other games? Um. I think the experience is going to be fun. You know, I got to the hotels downtown. Um, I'm kind of used to downtown because I've been up over here for a while now. I grew up over here. Um, well, not downtown, but in San Pedro. Um, so I think that uh, kind of phased that out for uh, for me a little bit. But you could tell some of the boys who've never been to L.A. Um, or have been to L.A. just for football. It's kind of, you know, they're in, they're in I want to say awe, but they're enjoying it. Um, you know, heading over to Disneyland. Again, some people have never been. Um, you know, it's exciting, though. Go over there, get me a turkey leg. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just I've been looking at the itinerary and all the stuff we're going to do. It uh, it looks like we're going to have a lot of fun and they're balancing out, you know, when we have to practice, um, when we're going to have fun, and when our recovery time is. This whole week, and particularly the game, gives the University of Utah football program basically unprecedented exposure. And I think it's important for the university to cash in on this exposure and this wave of attention that the program is getting. From your perspective, you've been in the program for a number of years, and as you are basically aging out of the program and going on to the NFL, do you think that there's anything that the program needs that maybe it can get through donors or whatever uh, through all this attention and excitement and everything that's going around in the program. So what I'm, I'm basically I'm asking, is there anything that you think that they can cash in on to benefit the program that needs to be cashed in on? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. Um, you know, I'm not big on uh, – 
you know, looking for uh, monetary gain, especially from when I was in uh, college and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, maybe some people are interested in uh, NIL to help some of the boys out because I know some of the boys uh, struggle off the field. Um, and then maybe, you know, it's just donating and uh, getting involved that way. You know, there's there's tons of ways to get involved. Um you know, I think the the main thing is support, especially uh, the year we have faced. Was that that was the main thing that got us through, um, and that's you know support no matter what. I mean, I know, I know we started one and two, but I mean it's about it's about the journey and not like how you get there. Sometimes, you know what I mean. Um, it may not have been an ideal year at the start of the year, but uh, you know, um, just uh, you know stick through it and support and. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I, this program has really good characters and uh, really good sports quality. And, um, yeah, I think by the end of the day, uh, if you can continue to support, whether that's, you know, by helping support financially or, you know, just supporting, just being a good person, um, a lot of the kids here are going to thrive and become really great people on and off the field. And, uh I think that's what, you know, everyone could do for uh, this uh, football team. Well, Nick, we know you got to run. You're scheduled today, but thanks for a few minutes this morning, and good luck in the game, and we will talk to you uh, after the game. Appreciate it. You guys take care. All right. There's Nick Ford joining us uh, every week throughout the regular season and now joining us from L.A. as the Utes get ready for the Rose Bowl. He said turkey leg with a certain gusto, didn't he, P.K.? His offensive lineman. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Turkey leg. Turkey I mean, leg. That's, that's, that's uh, going to be an L for the turkey leg. Yeah. Oh, for sure. As he prepares for his NFL career, which I think he'll have a long and successful career in the NFL, and that's great news. He's a great representative for the university, and uh, I think he's a great representative for the community too. I, I you know, I, I'm big on local guys staying. I, Say that a million times. Our programs in the state have everything that a local kid needs. But I also think it's cool when a kid comes from out of his element. And he is from the same community that I lived in for a decade and covered his high school. Obviously not when he was playing. He probably wasn't even born when I was covering it. So I know about the community. Not that for him it's a great stretch to come up to Salt Lake. I mean, it's not the not around the world. Uh, so many kids have done it from L.A. It seems like a little yeah. bigger deal from Texas. And when the the uh, Florida trio came rolling in from Hallandale, that seemed like a stretch. Other side, sure. of, the, other side of the country. Yeah, and, and L.A. is – I'm familiar with the community, so I know it's a cosmopolitan area in terms of different types of races. So he's used to dealing with Polynesians and African Americans and uh, obviously Caucasians, and then you get down there in Pedro. There's a lot of uh, people from uh, the Croatia area that came there, a lot of vitches in that area. Uh, so he's he's had a broad-based experience, so it doesn't surprise me that he would flourish in our community. But I still think it's cool when a kid comes from out of state and has not just success, but basically all the stuff that you're supposed to do while you're in college, he checks off virtually every box. And ultimately, that's a success story. And really, it's a success story beyond results. And I was reading a thing about Jaden Daniels at ASU, and you know he hasn't lived up to the uh, the high, high expectation, which probably because the expectation was so high, he probably had little chance to uh, live up to it. But if he extends and plays his full eligibility, he's going to leave with a master's degree. Isn't that success? You would think, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so do I really worry about, well, it, does he complete this pass or did they win that game? Does that really, really matter? individually for a kid like a kid like Daniels who graduated in three years and can get at the university's expense get out of there with a master's degree isn't that really what it's at what it's about and you look at Nick Ford and it's great that they've had this football success I mean that's what we care about that's why we've got jobs so I don't want to uh, discount that or diminish that by any stretch but Really, isn't he a success no matter what happens 
on that football field Saturday, isn't that something you can point to and say, hey, well done, young man. Absolutely well done. But everybody will feel better if they win the game, too. I get that. I get that. I know that. I know that what I just said sounds good, and it's Pollyannish, and nobody's buying it. It is good. <laughs> it is good. I think people can buy it when they get away from the game. You know, and I think that we know that from talking to former players in the community. Uh, some go into the media. Uh, some go back to the school and work on campus. Others do other things, and we bump into them for various reasons. And so there are a lot of people who can't say they played in a Rose Bowl, some who can't even say that they won a conference title, whatever conference they were in for whichever school they went to. But you see how their lives are going, and you think, well, somehow that was a good piece of the puzzle. But on, on, on January 1st and 2nd, you, you want the scoreboard to look good. I understand that, and I don't, I don't discount that. And these kids who come back, that's a great story too. You know, clearly Keithy... And maybe Kincaid, too. But clearly, Keithy can play in the NFL. I mean, I'd be shocked if he's not a not just a a player, but, I mean, doesn't he scream like he – I don't want to put – here I am saddling with expectations. <laughs> but, does, I mean, you look at Travis Kelsey. Don't you see a little bit of Keithy in that? I mean, he's a guy who can catch the ball. He can run. He can You can even give him a, a handoff in the backfield. And he can do so many things. Uh, and he looks like – he screams like he's not only going to be a draft pick – but he's going to be a 10-year veteran in the NFL. And if you you know, you play 10 years in the NFL, wow, that, that is something. But yet he's going to want to come back because he's enjoying the college experience. I mean, if you're a Ute fan, you got to feel good about that, too, that he wants to. And I don't know, maybe his financial situation is something that, you know, his he doesn't need the money so he can wait. I'm, I'm not sure what his situation is. I don't know. I, so the, I don't think any of us know that. But I think you're saying what a lot of people felt when they saw the news, read the news, heard the news. I think most of us thought he was gone. And most of us are surprised he's coming back for another year. Because so many college players in his position, not just at that school, but at lots of schools, would have been in the draft. But I think it's great that he wants to come back because surely he's an NFL guy. I'd be shocked if he isn't an NFL guy. Uh, but he's enjoying it, so why not? Maybe he's not. I don't know what is that. He needs another year of academic uh classes to get a degree I, I don't know that i haven't questioned him on any of that but i also think that i think nick ford going to the nfl is a great story because he's accomplished and he's longer he's a further along in his college career he's been at the u longer he's accomplished everything that he's supposed to so that's a success story uh keithy i assume he'll accomplish everything that he wants to in terms of a degree and all that and it's a different it's basically nick ford last year uh, but it's also a success story that goes beyond what the scoreboard says, knowing that the scoreboard, uh, basically, if you sum it up, the scoreboard is life and death. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not trying to lose perspective here. Good. You know, I, I realize that it, it is life or death. And we see that. We see people fight sometimes. You know, there's always that story of uh, – the Super Bowl, the losing guy got in a fight with uh, his buddy who won or what have you, something stupid like that. So we also see that. Uh, didn't we just see a fight on the bench, the two defensive tackles going at it in the NFL? Duran Payne and Jonathan uh, Allen. Allen and Payne, yeah. yeah it's it was a little unusual. I mean, we see skirmishes. And, it was a brotherly and, disagreement. Uh, okay. yeah, these guys were college teammates at Alabama. They yeah. were. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to – chalk that up to the heat of the moment but it certainly was a surprise that there was physical contact we see guys yelling at each other all the time and shouting it's an emotional game in the moment we understand that i don't know that we necessarily see contact but yet we saw that and that was a surprise and wow they were getting their butts kicked too my guess is that they were up 42 to 7 that wouldn't happen <laughs> it's probably true <laughs> cowboy, cowboy sideline looked pretty happy yeah i mean they were scoring virtually on every single possession all right, DJ and PK, thanks to Vic Ford for coming on, and we will see how it goes to the Rose Bowl. It's Disneyland today. Disneyland today, yes. They sent, I'm leaving uh, later in the week. They sent me uh, multiple things to, to go to Disneyland today, and they're having a shuttle that'll take you because the, the Media Hotel is in downtown on Olympic Boulevard, and they're having a shuttle to take you down there. 
And that's a lot of fun for these kids, too. And I sure hope everything comes off, not for any fan's sake, although it's important for them, too, but for for the individuals involved. For a player let, who's let done fun. all the work, and you talk to the people who've been to the Rose Bowl, and one of the best things about the Rose Bowl, which I didn't know until I started talking to people, is the warm-ups. Because in the warm-ups, it's 0-0. Zero, zero. No, nobody's gotten hit in the mouth yet. Nobody's down a score or two. And the sun's shining, and it's glinting off the, the, the helmets, and everybody says it's just awesome. I mean, everybody talks about the warm-ups of the Rose Bowl like they're the greatest thing ever. So apparently they are, because a lot of people who've been through it say it really is awesome. You're out there. You had to you had to win the conference to get there. In most cases, I know it's not true this year with the Buckeyes, but in most cases, and it's just supposed to be awesome. You've escaped yeah. lousy weather in many parts of the country. You're playing in the sunshine in Southern California. Oh, so romantic. There it is. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And, guys, if you're struggling with ED, he's got breakthrough technology and a special offer. Andrew, tell them all about it. Well, this technology, it really is a game changer. Uh, Technology, it's changing pretty much every aspect of our life. We know that. It finally is changing how we treat ED. Uh, We all know pills have been around for 30 years. Take the blue pill. It may work. It might not work. And you've got side effects coming the next day. This technology at Wasatch Medical, the wave therapy, is different because it goes to the root cause. Most ED is caused by damaged blood vessels and lack of circulation. Our treatments open up and regrow the blood vessels. It's clinically backed by 50 studies showing that it can improve circulation enough, we get rid of the ED, no pills, no injections, and no surgery. And the timeline for this is pretty quick? It is pretty quick. Uh, Two to three weeks is what the average guy needs. It's a few short 10-minute sessions over those two to three weeks. You'll probably progress as you go. And according to Cambridge University, that is what you need to get the blood flowing where you want it, when you want it. So for people who have questions and everybody's situation can be different, uh, you've got a special offer to help people uh, take the first step. So much for free. If you're ready to regain your love life or just improve the frequency in the bedroom, we do a lot of that. Give us a call. Our MD, the doctor, will meet with you. Free exam assessment and blood flow ultrasound is included in that. The gift, uh, this is worth the trip, produces immediate results in the bedroom. There's no obligation to any of this, by the way. You also get blood work and testosterone. If you feel like you have a need for that, that's included free today as well. You can claim that free offer right now at 801-901-8000. Call 801-901-8000. Call Andrew and his team at Wasatch Medical Clinic at 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. This is Unright. You guys are doing a hell of a job. And I think about where Utah football is today. And the fact that Utah now is playing Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. And I don't know if I've told you that yet, but that's what's that's what's going on. And I remember back at that time, 35, 36 years ago, where there wasn't even a snowball's chance that Utah would ever go to a Rose Bowl or ever play and compete against the Ohio State Buckeyes. It's unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The fifth annual Black Friday sale has been extended through December at Davis Vision. Tired of glasses or contacts? Get LASIK now and save $1,400. There are limited spots available, so act now. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. PK, we got multiple questions today. One of them involves the Utah Jazz. No Donovan Mitchell for at least two games. He's not going on this road trip. It's described as a lower back strain. The good news is he was playing through it in the game and scoring 33 points and in the third quarter went up for a big old dunk. Not in traffic. He kind of blew by everybody and the paint was clear when he got there. Uh, So that looked good. But man, there were times he was stepping gingerly, wincing when he was running back down court. We saw him getting worked on on the bench a little bit. 
a guy in his mid-20s to have back problems. I mean, it could be the kind of thing that he gets the treatment and, and gets through it, but that's, that's awfully young to have back problems. And they have been chronic for other players. I had them. I've always had uh, I'm, no flexibility whatsoever, very stiff in the back, lower back now, upper back, back of the neck. So I don't know that it's anything that's going to impede him. I mean, he went 39-9 and nine on one toe. Can you imagine what he's capable of doing? Well, with nine more toes, you would think, carry the one, yeah, about 270 <laughs> points. Take that, Terrence, man. <laughs> uh, we'll have to see. Is it chronic? Is it a minor issue? Is it a tweaking? Uh, I, I don't know that it's a lingering thing, so I'm not going to borrow problems that I don't know exist. Uh, I'll, I'll worry about uh, plenty of problems that exist here. Namely, basically, how great the Warriors and Suns look, because uh, the goal here for the Jazz is to win the title. Well, I mean, they, can can they beat either of those teams in a seven-game series? Right now, it looks like it'd be very, very difficult. Which, if you play it out, <clears throat> that's another second-round defeat. Ah! I would, <laughs> yes, Don't right. play it out then. <laughs> well, it's right now. You don't Freeze have it. to play it out. It's, no, it we're right all now. we're all doing it. We're what you you're going to take the heat for saying it, but every last one of us has thought that that they are the Jazz are crushing the teams. the The middle of the Western Conference is not nearly as impressive as it's been for the last at least five years, and you probably go back further than that. But fifth place is one game over five hundred. That's the kind of stuff we've mocked the Eastern Conference for doing it. And the East, the sixth place team is one game over five hundred. There aren't that many really good teams in the league. So by the time you get through the first round, you're going to run up against the Warriors at the Suns. Unless something shocking happens to one of them in the first round, which none of us would predict. At this point, both the Warriors and Suns are are on like a 65-win pace. They are playing awesome basketball. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so that's out there. So I think the Jazz are a great team, but nevertheless, uh, you can be a great team, but if there's a greater team that's greater than you, you can be great and still lose. Uh, So uh, right now... I mean, I don't know that I would bet on the Jazz getting to the finals. I probably wouldn't bet, but nevertheless, I'm going to let them have that opportunity to see what it, what can be done here. And they're going to need everyone. That's the thing about it. And let's see what happens then. So I'm not stressing. I actually think it's uh, – I don't want to say a positive because it's certainly not a positive to have somebody out. But let's see what they can do in case something were to happen at that uh, time when you get down to that opportunity when you need to win a ball game and somebody has foul trouble, or even if he's healthy but having an off shooting night, which can exist in this game. Shooting can be fickle. So I look this look at this as a good opportunity to see what they can do without their leading scorer, who's not necessarily quietly, but is putting together a phenomenal season. It's very difficult to draw attention to yourself when you're playing the same position, basically, as, as Steph Curry. I mean, he's just so far and away better than everybody else that, you know, all the attention is going to gravitate toward him, deservedly so. But Mitchell's having a fine, fine season. 25 points a game and still getting his five assists and about four rebounds. But would you say it's somewhat quiet? Yes. Yes, I would. Uh, there haven't been uh, – the, the stuff that really breaks through the noise, you know, when you start dropping 40 or 50-point games, uh, if the team had the record, the Warriors did. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's why Steph had great stats when the team was injured and rebuilding and working in these young guys and all that. But winning's just a huge platform. And, and Curry was I – mean, people were saying good things about Curry. He was obviously great last season – but it just looks like he's doing it on a bigger stage now because they went out there on Christmas Day and beat the Suns and have the NBA's best record. And I think it was easy for me to say, oh, they're going to be back in the top four in the West. You know, They're going to be in a home court, and they're going to be a team, man. You're going to be a dogfight if you see them in the second round. And now it's like, yeah, they could win 65 games and another NBA title. That's not a reach at all. No, they look, they look legit, and he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever seen a player like him. And so Mitchell's somewhat in his shadow. 
Although, if you want As to escape his shadow, beat him in the postseason. There's a way out. Yeah. Not that he's just, you know, buried in jail or anything like that. But a claim can come to you. And he knows it, too. And a claim doesn't necessarily need to come this year. It's not like if it doesn't come this year that it won't be there. Because if you do the timeline, what is he? Curry's like eight years older. So Mitchell, you know, Jordan didn't win until he was, what, 27, 28? Was that what it was? 27. Yeah, all right. So Mitchell's still a couple years away from that. And who's to say? You don't know what's going to happen in a couple years. But who's to say that the team isn't better? In a couple of years, I don't know that it will be. I don't know that it won't be. So his he still has plenty of time to achieve everything that he would like to achieve, and it's going to be fun to see him have that opportunity. And maybe it comes this year, because even though they're not necessarily keeping pace with the Suns or the Warriors, are they better? Can they be better? I don't know that they are better, but can they be well, better? The, can they beat them? It's not out of the realm of possibility by any stretch. The next week and the next month will tell us a lot more because they haven't played the Warriors uh, or Suns yet. Yeah. Let's at least see them play head-to-head. Because right now we're okay. trying to judge them based on how much they dominate the 8th, 18th, or 28th best team in the league. And when it comes sure. to the playoffs, it's going to be head-to-head. And I already know they're going to play the Warriors here on Saturday because, you know, the Rose Bowl isn't enough to entertain us in one day. We must have the Jazz and Warriors immediately after the Rose Bowl. Hey, I'm lines. pretty pissed about uh, the Aggies not playing San Jose State in hoops that you, night. You should be. You should be. <laughs> if, you, if you missed it, San Jose has had uh, three Mountain West Conference games postponed, and the second of the three is their game with Utah State on New Year's Day. It hasn't been rescheduled yet. They want to reschedule it. We'll see how that plays out. I can't necessarily put a ton of stock in the regular season games either. I get it, but can't you put more stock in it when they go head-to-head than when they're all playing the 12th best or 6th okay. so, best team? All right, so if you want to put stock in it, then then you got to either be thinking the Jazz are great or they got no chance. Because you're going to put stock say, into it, you know, but if you're going to put stock in it, you got to put stock in it. You, what how, what you, kind of stock are you putting into it? You're going to wait and see? Well, if they lose, not that much stock. If they win, oh, yeah, they're awesome. Come on. I think if the Warriors win, then it reinforces what we have seen in the first 30 or so games here is that well, they're the best team in the NBA. They they beat the Jazz on New Year's. They beat the Suns on Christmas. They got the best record. It's the Great. Warriors. And, and, the, and that's what the Jazz were last year, and what good did it do them? Right. But the Warriors uh, have proven they can do it. They've won three championships. Yeah, so I, I think know. people the, put the more Warriors stock in. have proven they can do it, or Green and Curry, Curry have proven right. they were doing it. And that's the thing. That, is you could get the, to I mean, the playoffs and other guys could fall apart and not contribute what they're contributing now, and that could be the difference. The other thing is the Warriors, we assume, are going to be integrating Clay Thompson back here sooner, not later. Seems like he's supposed to play in January. Probably yeah, not January I, I, 1st. That, that no, I understand too soon. that. Uh, yeah. But, you know, give it another week or two. Reincorporated. Great. Good for them. That's a that's a potential massive pickup. I don't necessarily know that, but it's but at the same time, then Peyton Junior and Poole stats are have got to go down, right? Because Clay's going to yeah. get minutes and Clay's going to get shots. Right. So how much better it, can they be? And it does change the equation there. It doesn't seem like it should change the equation and make it worse, but we've all seen chemistry go sideways on teams before, so until you see it, you don't know, and that's why Steve Kerr gets paid the big money to juggle all that kind of stuff. He's better than, uh, at least on paper, uh, better than anybody right. else that they have, but at the same time, they're bringing him back, and he's not exactly addressing a glaring weakness. <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> as, you know they I mean? can, as they continue to win eight games out of ten. Right. See, that's but, the weird thing, that there's this much angst over the, over the Jazz, and they've gone 11-2 and two in 13 games. Well, it's just as Gobert said earlier this morning, uh, when he said it, obviously, uh, before that, but we played it this morning, uh, that they've blown some games that yep. have been a little bit of head scratchers. And so uh, if they win those games, they're supposed to win, last second shots beating them, then they got 26, 27 wins. Uh, what does it mean? I mean, I-, I guarantee you the Pelicans and the Spurs are not going to beat them in the playoffs. right? And those are two games that just come to mind. That they that they lost, uh, 
and Washington. Yes. Washington isn't going to beat them in the in They're the not going to play Washington, either. and they're not yeah. going to the Pelicans are 10 games under. They might get the Spurs. You never know. But yeah. they're not going to get the Pelicans, right? Right. Uh, it's just not going to happen. So why stress over that? There's really there's no point in stressing over that. I, I just wonder. It's not like the Jazz are cruising, because I can't say that whatsoever. Because when you watch them play, and we'll watch them tonight, it doesn't look like they're cruising out there. Joe Ingles is getting into it with that layman guy. That's not cruising. <laughs> That's showing a ton of emotion and all that stuff, right? So they're trying to play well. But I also think, too, like you take the Dallas game, and they knew guys were out and Luka's not playing and he's an all-NBA player. You, at least minimally, subconsciously, you even if you try not to, you ease up. There isn't that great sense of urgency, the must-win situation, all those things that we see in the postseason. So, and I know it's going to be fun, and it's what we do, and we're going to obsess over the Suns games because they're going to mean something more. Even though they're not the litmus test, they're still going to mean something more. And the guys are definitely going to want to win those games. Not that they don't want to win the other games, but they're going to have a sense of urgency in those games for sure. We understand that. At the same time, I can't go nuts about it because it doesn't count in the postseason. When you, if you beat whatever team, the Suns or the uh, Warriors, if you go undefeated against them, if you should pace them in the postseason, you still start out at 0-0. But I just wonder, since the Jazz have already been through it, you know, how much of it's not like it's on cruise control, but what's their sense of urgency in all these games? I, because I don't think it's super, super high. I do think that they go on cruise control during games for stretches. The urgency isn't there, and they know they're better. And even though you don't want to just turn it on and win the game, they know they can because they're that much better than a big chunk, at least half of the NBA. Oh, I would say two-thirds, but yeah. Yeah, and that's why I said at least half, because you can argue two-thirds pretty easily. And, And I'll give you examples just in this most recent Dallas game. They got down 16 to a team that didn't have Luka Doncic and didn't have... Uh, they put the list up of 10 players who weren't available. Now, some of those guys, if everybody were available, some of those guys wouldn't have uh, played anyway. <laughs> I mean, you're guy 12, and you're not going to get in the game if the whole team's available. But it just makes it sound, they sound like they're so depleted. And Quinn in his postgame, you know, tried to address it. You know, there are lots of good players, and like... Okay, but none of them are Luka Doncic, you know, and then Quinn catches himself. No disrespect to Luka Doncic or anything like that, but the Jazz just know they're better. And so they do dig out of a 16-point hole, and they dig out pretty quickly, and they're up by 10 in the fourth quarter, and they give up a 10-2 run to Dallas, and I just got to believe that that was nothing other than a couple minutes of cruise control. And now it's a two-point game with four minutes to go, and you're wondering, are they going to let themselves get put in a position where a bad call or a no call Maybe cost them the game. They've been in that spot a couple times this year, and it's cost them a game. That's what Rudy was alluding to. And yeah. they did have that horrific call with seven seconds left where a guy throws the ball up in the air, goes and catches it. It's an obvious travel. And there's only three people in the whole arena who don't know it. Hey, play, ah, there play might have been the other two who know it, but they didn't want to call it. <laughs> Somebody else's call. Uh, that was terrible. But fortunately, they had a six-point lead, so that didn't beat them. Uh, correct. But it feels like at times they're on cruise control, even within games, just for a few minutes. I, I'm hesitant to say that. So why does this stuff happen? Because the other guys are I, that good? I, I like it's a lack of urgency. Okay, well, we're splitting hairs here. If you would prefer that terminology, yes. And, and they had the best record last year. So I think it's, it's not that they don't want the best record, because I think everybody would like to have it. I mean, the Warriors had a championship and still wanted to go out and try and get the NBA record for wins. You know, if it's there to be competed for and earned, go, go try to grab it. But when you just got the best record in the NBA a year ago— and fought through injuries at the end of the year. Conley was out and Mitchell was out, and they still scraped and got there to the best record. But it didn't do them any good when they lost four in a row and went out in the second round. 
So more than ever, and I think the regular season matters to a lot of teams. It matters to the Spurs right now. They're a terrible start, and the Jazz are playing them a night, and the Spurs have won 10 of 5. You've got to prove to yourself and everybody else that you can do it at that level before you go to the next level. But the Jazz and the Suns and the Warriors are all at the level now where everybody wants a championship, and it's just not going to be... I don't see how any of those three teams are really going to be able to... Whichever two have to lose, maybe all three will, maybe the Nets will win the title, but at least two of them can't win the title, and those two are going to be bitterly disappointed. It's going to feel like an opportunity lost. How is it going to feel like anything else to whichever two teams don't pull it off? Uh, I think it's a little bit different for the Jazz because they haven't been to the final. All right, I'll give you a little bit. But if they get to the final and lose, they're still going to be bitterly disappointed. Sure, but and, it would be progress and would hard be hard for me to say that it's been a disappointing season. It was a disappointing result once you got there, a la Phoenix last year. But as I said, It was not back, a disappointing season for Phoenix no, last year. We wouldn't put no. that on the Suns at all. No, not at all. So I think that if the Jazz got to the NBA Finals – uh, you know, the third time in franchise history, that's a significant accomplishment. Uh, so I get losing the NBA Finals is always a disappointment, no matter who you are. If you went that far, it's the old saying, you didn't come this far to go this far. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? Uh, that's true. Yes. Yeah. But right now, I think they all think they've got enough to do it. So do it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and we can we can uh, we can assist in the rationalization process in June if it comes to that. But please don't let it come to that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, but it has to for at least two of these three teams. Well, yeah, two of the three, sure. two of the three aren't even going to make it to the finals, obviously, because of the way the playoffs set up. And that's the way it should be. You don't want to be a cakewalk into the finals. You got to have some level of competition. In order, the the more competition you have, the more it'll mean to you, uh, whoever the eventual winner is. Sure, and I guess sure. that's really what the Warriors and Suns, and maybe the Jazz will get into that race. They're three games back in the loss column right now, but the advantage of being number one is instead of a month of grueling playoff games to get to the NBA Finals. A month of the you know Jazz right now would have to play the Suns and Warriors in back-to-back series. So what? I, I don't know that that's an advantage or disadvantage. I can argue just as well it's an advantage because if you win that second-round series, you got all sorts of confidence and you have to be playing at a high level. So I know that's a cliche and you're supposed to say that, but I don't know that that necessarily matters or if it's even true. Because if I win the second-round series, no matter who wins that second-round series between the second and third seeds, if the seeds hold as they are now, whoever wins that is going to be brimming with confidence. As, you know, and but but I get it. You, but at the end of the regular season, not just some schmo morning show host, but the coaches and the star why players talk on the about me? top three teams. I was actually talking about me. I, I could have been talking about us. Who you're are a kidding? Hall of freaking Famer. Yeah, Mr. Mo Morning Show host. And you're going to win another award. The man, I was watching I you this so. week, man. You obviously had that award on your mind, man. You had some. You, <laughs> you did some of your best work this past weekend. And I don't even watch Channel Two anymore. I'm not a TV guy anymore. I've been fired. I've been banished, cast aside. I has been. But yet I was able to see your greatness. And I'm thinking, yeah, he sees the light at the end of the tunnel. He sees the award there. He's going for it. Same parallel. I mean, you might as well be Donovan Mitchell. (laughs) Just wants to be 11 feet in the air looking down on the hoop. That would have been awesome. (laughs) Well, you're looking down at the rest of us. All right. Enough of you, PK. Metaphorically speaking, yeah. yeah, you had a great weekend of television, man. I'm telling you. You didn't even watch Saturday. You were watching the Jazz game. What are you talking about, Saturday? Yeah. You had on uh, Yogi. You had on uh, Pablo. The only person you didn't have on was me. <laughs> Yogi was on Sunday. and right. Pop- No, he was not. Pablo was he on was- a week ago. He was, but you, but uh, Yogi was not just on Sunday because Fox played a little snippet of it. I on Friday, it. on Friday he did. Right, Friday. So I, that's what I was getting ready for the weekend on Friday. My weekends start on Friday. <laughs> I have a friend from college who still cracks up because he always did the Friday sports show on the college radio station. He filled in on a Tuesday in the end. He said, "Have a great weekend," and I was engineering and said. 
had to come on and do the station ID and said, KCSB FM 91.9 Santa Barbara, where the weekend starts on Tuesday. Kirk will quote that back to you right now. Nice call on the weekend, PK. Well, that's when it starts. I was prepared on Christmas Eve, and you darn well better believe I watch Yogi. Yeah, phenomenal weekend. I mean, it's the same thing, man. That award is coming into view, and you're making a late-season push, just like the Jazz will do in March and April. I promise you. You want this thing, man, and you've had it. I mean, if you get it, you're going to be like Jordan in the Delta Center holding up six fingers. <laughs> Nice. Mitchell and Jordan comparisons. Hey, should we go to break now? Are you running out of guys? <laughs> hey, you're the award winner. I'm the schmo. I'll be like Charles Barkley hitting the buffet for the fifth time. The round mound of rebound and morning sound. When it comes to schmo, there's only one person who has that distinction, and that's me. DJ and PK coming up. Steve Cleveland's going to join us in about 15 minutes right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The new zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Really? Wilson takes the snap. Jaguars come with a blitz. Here they come. Wilson eludes the rush. He's going to take off. He's got plenty of running room, and he's going to scamper for a big game. 30, 25, still in bounds at the 20, makes a miss at the 10. He could go. Wilson dives. Touchdown. Touchdown, New York Jets. Zach Wilson on a 55-yard scamper, breaking tackles, staying in bounds, and just like that, the J-E-T-S are on the board. It's 6-3 New York. That's the Chevy Strong play of the game right there. Zach Wilson scrambling for 52 yards and a touchdown. Know it today. Unrivaled 450. Your chance to win fabulous prizes. NFL this weekend, PK. There were a few big games, a couple of head scratchers. The total shocker of the weekend. How in the world did the Chargers, who seemed like they had an easy win lined up on the way to their uh, on the way to a playoff berth, they lose to the Texans, and now they'll be uh, they'll be scrapping with everybody else the last two weeks to get in. The Houston Texans. That was only their fourth win. I don't know where they came up with a twenty four point fourth quarter, but they did it. I don't either. No, it's very disappointing from the Chargers. I guess they're just not mature enough at this point. The Bills showed some maturity. Statement win. Going into New England, beating New England and taking control of the division title. That was impressive. They looked pretty fired up as they made some big plays at the end of that game. So I think that in the NFL, because there's so fewer games compared to the NBA, you can, yes, have those statement games, particularly as we get down to the end, late December, obviously, battling for the division. And those things matter way more than they do in the NBA. So in the NFL, it's a different animal. And so, yes, to that extent, it can be. Now, I don't think Buffalo is a great team, but I think they're the best team in that division. And I was always thinking that. And so the Patriots have surprised me to an extent, but I thought Josh Allen really identified himself as a premier quarterback. And if you are a transfer, I would advise you to go to University <laughs> of Wyoming because you can become the next Josh Allen. Uh, they need a starting quarterback. They got guys transferring out. The job is wide, wide open. If you've, uh... I don't know why they have guys transferring out. They won the potato bowl. What more do you want? <laughs> the Mountain West Conference title. Well, you beat the Mountain West champion, man. They beat them like a drum. And then Polarized they went to the potato bowl. destroyed and, them. And Utah State didn't lose again. The Colts quietly putting together one good win after another. They have now won eight of their last ten. They beat the Cardinals 22-16. to The wheels continue to come off the Cardinals. And you were right to doubt them in October. I uh, I read a uh, Trey Wingo used to be on ESPN and still is doing some football stuff and out there on Twitter had a stat about Arizona and the the wheels coming off three years in a row uh, under this coaching staff they get to late October the twenty fourth the twenty fifth the twenty eighth whatever it is and everything just falls apart year after year and it's holding true again this year you doubted them and your doubt has been rewarded. 
Uh, I don't know that it's been rewarded, but uh, I didn't want the reward. I was rooting for them to win. I had four family members at the game that, yeah. uh, and now they've lost. Out. They've lost three in a row. Yeah, I mean, I doubted them as a ten and two number one seed in the NFL. Right? Well, they've clinched a playoff berth despite all these losses. Yeah. I mean, everybody else. And so is I think losing. that's important for the team, but you certainly don't want to go into the playoff on a six game losing streak. That doesn't do anything for you. No, no, it doesn't. All right, yeah, D- the Cowboys in Seattle. That's uh, well. Seattle's eliminated now, but the Cowboys look great as they just humiliated Washington. Well, that's why I went six. If they lose to Seattle, most likely it'll be six because I would assume they would lose to the Cowboys. All right, DJ and PK, it is time to bring in Andrew right now from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Guys, if you're struggling with ED, Wasatch Medical has a breakthrough treatment, and Andrew's here to tell you all about it. Well, this is breakthrough mostly because it's not the pill, which has existed for 30 years. If you're out there a little frustrated in the bedroom, noticing maybe the blood flow isn't what it used to be, that is exactly what we correct at Wasatch Medical with wave therapy. These gentle pressure waves open up and regrow the blood vessels. Uh, Over about a few 10-minute sessions, according to Cambridge, that is enough for most men to get rid of the ED, get the intimacy back, and get rid of the pills. And you've got a lot of clinical research now that says this works, and it's going to continue to work. Yes. If you go to wasatchmedicalclinic.com, I think there's about 50 clinical studies now, uh, multiple universities, hospitals. This has been called the new standard of care for ED, that it creates a clinical increase in blood flow, I think the pill will someday soon be a thing of the past. And you got a special offer for people who right now pick up the phone and call you. We certainly do. If you're ready to end the ED, guys, if you're sick of the pills, you want to regain that spark, give us a call. The exam, assessment, and blood flow ultrasound with the MD. It's no charge. A gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. That's worth the trip alone. Trust me on that. And if you feel like uh, maybe a little low in the tank, blood work and testosterone, that's free as well. Guys, Wasatch Medical has an easy phone number to remember. 801-901-8000. Call right now to get that free offer. 801-901-8000. Call Andrew and call the Wasatch Medical Clinic at 801-901-8000 and regain your love life. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you.